Every year, people celebrate different holidays all around the world. Some holidays are a time of laughter and celebration. Others are a time of silent reflection. A lot of holidays are honestly just an excuse to get together with friends and family to make good memories. But not every holiday offers good memories. Sometimes they become a day of sorrow for a family instead. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the disappearance and murder of Terry Lynn Hollis, an 11-year-old girl who went out for a bike ride on Thanksgiving back in 1972 and ended up running into a murderer. As you know, in a previous episode, I asked you guys how you felt about stories involving kids because I keep coming across a lot of them in this niche. Obviously, crimes involving children are a sensitive topic, but after hearing back from some of you, I recognize that true crime is always a sensitive topic. While it is horrible that these things do happen to kids, it isn't a reason to pretend like it isn't happening. So I just want to thank everyone that reached out to share their thoughts with me on this one. Kids deserve to have their stories told too, as hard as it can be, and I will be giving these cases room on the show. If that isn't comfortable for you, I completely understand and would encourage you to just check the descriptions before every episode. And again, big thank you to everyone who joined the dialogue on this one. Now let's get back to the case. Conversations surrounding Thanksgiving have changed significantly throughout the years. What used to be a time for food and family has now become a point of discussion in spaces where the historical significance of the holiday is being reviewed. And I like to think that shows that we have a capacity for growth. But back in 1972, these discussions weren't as prominent yet. To a lot of people, it was just another holiday, and on this day, Terry Lynn Hollis just wanted to head outside to play. No doubt swamped with holiday preparations, her parents didn't see an issue with her heading out to ride her bike. It was something that she did all the time and probably offered a good distraction for her while everyone else prepared for a delicious meal. It was mid-afternoon when Terry Lynn left, and then she simply never came back. As the night grew darker, her parents began to worry and they called the police. Biking injuries are no joke, and I'm sure they were afraid that she fell and hurt herself, likely assuming that she was in a hospital bed somewhere. In reality, Terry Lynn went to a local park, and that is where police believe that she met her abductor. Police began to search the area, looking all over for signs of Terry Lynn. She wasn't the only little girl to go missing like this in the area, and when they didn't find anything police began to suspect the worst. The following morning, police were notified that some fishermen found the body of a little girl. The little girl was draped across some rocks along the shore down below a huge bridge. She was wearing a t-shirt and nothing else. And given the distance from where she disappeared, 
Police knew that if it was Terry Lynn, she didn't end up there without the help of an adult. And an autopsy would confirm their suspicions. Police learned that Terry Lynn did not die from falling onto the rocks where she was found. She was strangled, and it was clear that she had also been assaulted. Any time that a child goes missing or is murdered, there are generally two really common focuses for the search. First, police tend to assume that it was someone close to the child, especially if there aren't any signs that they were physically dragged off. Children tend to trust adults that they know, so police look at adults near them first. And then there's always a focus on local sex offenders, especially in this kind of case. In this case, police talked to a few local sex offenders, and they even tried to charge one with her murder. But in the end, the man wasn't charged for Terry Lynn's death because DNA evidence proved that it wasn't him. Police had little to go on with this case. In fact, the only real evidence they had was a report from a local neighbor. Someone swore that they saw a man riding bikes with Terry Lynn, but this was actually later proven to be incorrect. The neighbor saw two other people riding bikes together, so that lead ended up turning into nothing. For years, Police just kind of had to sit with Terry Lynn's case because there wasn't any evidence that could lead them to her killer. Both of her parents passed away before police were able to find out who had hurt their daughter, but then something pretty amazing happened. In 2015, nearly four decades later, police decided to explore the case once again. As we now know, there has been a spike and breakthroughs because of DNA testing. With so many people interested in learning what kind of genetic markers they have, these databases are receiving a huge flood of new data, and Terry Lynn's case ended up being pulled in. It took three years for the genetic analysis to pull through, but eventually, police were able to locate someone who was related to the killer. I have said it before, but I will say it again. I cannot imagine the stress of taking a DNA test for fun and then finding out that your relative was, in fact, a murderer. It's all fun and games until you find out that your great-grandmother was actually a serial killer, you know? But with a little analysis, police found that they had the right family and they believed that they knew who her killer was, too. They thought that they found a likely match, so they started digging a little deeper. And I do mean it when I say that they started digging. Police actually made a call, filled out some paperwork, and got the legal approval to dig up the corpse of Jake Edward Brown. They obtained DNA from his exhumed body and actually confirmed that in his life, Jake Edward Brown was a kidnapper, rapist, and murderer. If there's anything that I admire about this case, it is the pure dedication to solving it at all costs. Realistically, 
Police could have easily said that the killer was dead and just moved on, but they well and truly saw it through. Exhuming a body isn't easy, and it's generally frowned upon, but I appreciate the police didn't let Brown's crimes go without providing Terry Lynn's family with the truth about what happened to her. While her parents weren't around for it, her brother was, and he has publicly expressed just how grateful he is to have these answers. It can't undo what's been done, but at least they don't have to wonder anymore. In the end, naming Jake Edward Brown wasn't as enlightening as it could have been. He wasn't a familiar face like police suspected. He had actually been arrested multiple times for rape and other crimes. Sadly, Terry Lynn was just one of many. Brown was a bad guy, and he had the rap sheet to prove it. And the worst part is that he seemed to kind of skate by despite that. Some of his charges run so closely together, I just had to ask myself how the system kept letting him go. But then I read a little more and learned that Brown wasn't the name he went by all the time. In fact, police had a full list of aliases that Brown went by, which is probably how he evaded police for so long when he did. Whatever this guy's story was, it's clear that he was a lifelong criminal. In this case, justice wasn't served to the family at all. While I'm sure it is a relief to know that this man isn't still stalking the streets, he never served time for what he did to Terry. And it doesn't sound like he served enough for his other crimes either, from what I could tell. But thanks to advancements in modern-day science, police were able to close a case that haunted a family for generations. In a way... I can't help but feel bad for Brown's family, too. Finding out that someone in your family committed such a horrific crime can't be easy, and I'm sure that it was a big pill for his remaining family to swallow, especially if anyone was close to him or he had a different persona, which, as we all know, people often do. Given the fact that Brown evaded capture for his crime... We'll probably never know the truth about what happened. Unless someone in his family knows, or he left behind a diary full of confessions, we probably aren't going to find out how he abducted Terry Lynn that day, or what really happened. All we know is that while a family was preparing to celebrate a holiday, a little girl went out on a bike ride, and she was later found dead on the beach. Knowing the name of her killer might not be enough to heal her family, but at least they have the information that might help bring them one step closer to closure. Her brother did confirm that they put time aside for her on the holiday every year, and I think it's really special that they make sure she's a part of everything in some way, even though she can't be there. 
that does conclude today's case. But if you want to know more about holidays, be sure to check out the podcast Every Day's a Holiday, which gives you a new reason to celebrate something every single day. The episodes are short, sweet, and fun. So if you need a quick pick-me-up when all the gruesome true crime shows start to weigh on you, this might be exactly what you're looking for. And of course, if you want to talk about all things true crime and spooky, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram using the tag at datpod. For ad-free listening, don't forget to become a patron at patreon.com slash like and inscribe. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.